0: So one of the saints that is one of my, like, top 20 saints I admire is Joan of Arc because she's so unusual. So Joan of Arc is a teenager, uh, this sounds strange, she ends up being a teenage girl, being, ends up being basically the general of the French army who drive back the English when they're going to overtake the country. And she wasn't just a woman, she was just a girl and think about this. At that time period, women were treated about as good as a goat. And she was also um, a peasant class. She was of the real low, pleasant class where she was illiterate. illiterate. And this is a shocking part to me. She's like She didn't really know her catechism. Because at that time period, uh, parents would instruct their uh, kids. But if you're a, pe- a peasant, not educated, You really couldn't teach them much. And Joan of Arc's mother only knew two prayers. So think about this. Joan of Arc didn't even know enough to pray the rosary. But just with two prayers, she had this deep, rich prayer life and became this mystic. The reason why she won all these battles is that she had listened to um, St. Michael the archangel who really gave her the commands. And then she just led the army through him and two other saints. But with his deep prayer life, she was connected with the saints, and she did impossible things. Um, And I just love the fact that, wow, a peasant girl who would have been despised by the French nobility, um, she's the one who ends up saving the country. Or one more example, another person who I really admire, odd figure, um, he's one of the United States' leading top scientists. So he's this brilliant, uh, great guy, one of, listed actually as one of our best scientists. His name is Francis Collins, and he was in charge of the hu- Human Genome Project. Uh, he often appears in the news, but he's also this incredibly devout Christian. Um, I, he's odd, but I like odd people, and um, very, in my opinion, holy. So he writes his autobiography. It's, the title is uh, The Language of God. So remember, he's the one who mapped out the human DNA. And the DNA is the language of God. But it's also his biography because um, it tells the story that um, in college, he was this atheist. He was this devout atheist because, you know, he's a scientist and is logical. But then he admits um, that he was never really an atheist. The truth is this. He didn't want to believe in God because in college, he wanted to be promiscuous. He wanted to have a very selfish life, so there can't be a God. He needed that there has to be no God so that he could be as selfish as he wanted. And then he has, I think it's a little girl, um, he has a child, and his heart, he says, is open to love. And when he really fell in love with his daughter, that opened his heart where he does believe in God. And he has this major conversion. And then after that, all his scientific work, which he has plenty of awards, he says, in it all, it's always was the language of God. Everything in science is speaking about Christ. So he loves science because, in his view, um, it brings him closer and closer to Christ. So I just love that story that, wow, he had to be unplugged from his selfishness. And once his heart was open, he sees God everywhere I, I love that story and whether it's Joan of Arc or Francis Collin, both had this kind of unplugging from uh, the world and then getting plugged into Christ and I mention that because what's going on in today's gospel is the exact same thing today's gospel really is not about Jesus can heal somebody that that we know Jesus doesn't say you know doesn't lay hands on him and say be healed Jesus lays hands on the guy and says, be open. But think about this. Jesus doesn't just restore him to here. Hear, hear. In a way, think about this. Jesus also makes the guy deaf. But you could say, well, he was deaf. Well, no, he wasn't. Just hear me out. First, the, Jesus has to unplug him from the crowd and then plug him into the divide. First, he has to make some deaf to all the noise of the world before he can hear the voice of God. That's what's really going on. So the first part is the spirituality of being able to unplug from the world. Because it says Jesus took him away from the crowd, took him away from the noise of the world. That is actually, and this is going to be one of my points, is that that's a spiritual practice that you should have down being able to unplug yourself from the noise of the world because like for me being honest it used to be anger was my number one sin Um, took me years to really unplug from that one Um, but that used to be my major sin so now it's down to number three now I'm as gentle as a teddy bear Um, but you know unfortunately now my second sin has come up to number one and my, now my major sin is actually anxiety. Um, I get really wound up. Um, I have problems with sleep, anxiety, and so part of my spiritual practice is that I have to learn how to unplug. Or I get too wound up. Like I only watch the news for at most a half an hour because otherwise if you watch too much I get kinda too tightly wound. So I personally think, this is my opinion, I think you're a fool to constantly watch 24-7 news. All it does is jack you up. Uh, y- you can know everything you need to know in 10 minutes or a half an hour. Um, why do I need to be jacked up? I don't need to be plugged into the problems of the world. So, in fact, the opposite. I need to be unplugged. So I do these strange practices. And I think everybody should have... It may not be anxiety. But I think everybody has to know how to unplug from their, the problems of the world. So, for me, how I unplug is, um, sounds crazy, just to let you know I am crazy. Um, but, like, I imagine that there's this bubble around my house, and then once I walk home, on that side of the bu- bubble, all the problems of the world exist. Inside my house it's gonna be a place of peace. And I never wear clerics in my house, because that just reminds me of work. I never wear shoes in my house. I always take my shoes off in the garage because I know that sounds strange shoes remind me of work and so I'm always barefoot in my house some, some people think oh you're concerned about being sanitary or something I don't care about sanitary um, I want to unplug and so like uh, about a year ago this fireman comes and he's in the parish and he comes and he says he's really wound up and, well that's my sin and he said well do you practice any sort of spirituality to kind of unplug from work and anxiety? And he says, no, not really. And he didn't know what I meant. I said, well, I told him about my shoes. And he said, when you think of your work, what do you think of? And he says, oh, my boots. And I said, then only wear flip-flops in your house. Only wear flip-flops and shorts, the very opposite of your work. And so I talked to another teacher during COVID, you know, was very hard it has been very hard on teachers and this one teacher said the same thing so i said to him i said well you have to learn how to practice the spirituality of unplugging so what he does is he takes a shower first thing when he gets home and when he takes a shower he's completely clean from all the problems of the day because I, let me tell you everybody's future in here right now I, I know your future you know what your future holds problems that's all it is Your future is one problem after another. And I'm like, you have to address problems, but you also have to know how to unplug from the noise of the world. Does that make any sense? You have to practice a spirituality towards that. Um, And a lot of people, they never unplug from the world. What I loved about Joan of Arc, think about this, she was a peasant girl, would have been despised by the French nobility, and it didn't affect her. Why? Because she was completely unplugged from their opinions. I have, a, I, like I have two sisters. One sister, she's amazing. The other sister, I really don't respect that much. Because in high school, she was one of the pretty girls. Like she belonged to the pretty club. And um, The sad part is, she's never unplugged from that. And so, to this day, everything that matters is how she looks. And she has to look a certain way and drive a sports car, and the only thing she cares about is the first impression she gives to people. Nothing deeper. Um, no reading books, no, it's all about what will people think of me. And even, like, it's so bizarre, she's six years old, and she gets all this Botox and fillers and, like... Now, I'm not being rude, but, like, when you look at her face, too much Botox, and you kind of think, something's wrong, I just, like, it's strange. And, no, the, no, it's really sad because at 60 years old, you're still acting concerned about what the crowd will think of you. Can't you plug into something deeper? Like, it, To have a great, rich life, you have to learn how to not only unplug from whatever your problems are, you know, work or anxiety or anger, but also unplug from the crowd. That's why it says Jesus took him away took him away from the noise of the world. You want a good future? Have a spirituality that you can unplug for a little while. The other part is learning how to plug in. Plug into the divine. That's, you unplug so you can plug into the divine. That's a prayer life. So when Jesus heals him, he lays hands on him. That's a very ancient way. We still do it today when you do the anointing. We lay hands on him. And then Jesus does something strange. He looks up to heaven. I'll explain that in a second. And then he takes his fingers and sticks it in his ears. He's literally plugging himself into the guy. Then he does something really strange. He spits into the guy's mouth. I mean, very unsanitary. That was Um, (laughs) pre-COVID. But what's a symbol there? Why is he doing that? And um, that's because... in the ancient world, they considered spit water. And so water carries a, a little bit of your life in it. So what he's doing is putting into the guy a little bit of his spirit. The very same thing that we're doing in this Eucharist is taking a little bit of Christ inside of us. And so what he's doing is plugging him into the divine. And the reason why, like when he does this and looks up to heaven, Every time Jesus looks up to heaven, it's this prayer that he wants to connect us to the transcendent source of all life. So plugging in, yes, it's the Eucharist. It's a prayer life. Um, in our prayer life, we are connecting more and more to God, uh, the very source of life. That's why, like, for me, I not only think it's important to have a spirituality of unplugging, I'm always shocked when I meet Catholics who don't have a regular prayer life. Yes, you need to be able to unplug, but even more importantly, you need to be able to plug into the divine source of all life. Joan of Arc, she does great things with just the little bit of prayer life she has. Um, We can do great things. And this sounds strange, like in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus doesn't preach about morals. Oh, he does, I shouldn't say that. He doesn't preach a lot about morals. What really guides our moral life, our future, is our connection with the divine. It connects all of us together. What he's advocating is, yeah, be able to unplug and plug into what's important. Um, That's our prayer life. So anyhow, that's what the gospel is about, but it also, plugging into the divine source of life, Christ, it connects all of us together. And so, you get this weird part in today's gospel where it says that he went to uh, the way of Sidon. I just want to explain that because I love that part. Um, So, that part about Sidon is this. Um, In the Old Testament, the Jews considered the people of Sidon, Tyre and Sidon, as cursed by God. They're the least likely people to ever speak about God. But the first reading from the prophet said not only when the Christ comes will he heal us, but Christ will allow us Gentiles to actually be open to God. And so Christ, he's leaving and he goes to Sidon, Tyre and Sidon. Uh, that's, today that's Lebanon. And he goes to Sidon, he goes to Gentile territories, the ten cities. And he, he yeah, he cures this guy of deafness, but the point of that is that People who are considered cursed by God now can speak about God. What Christ wants is everybody connected to the divine source. And so I, I think I forgot to announce this before Mass. But you see this uh, little book up here. I'm calling this uh, St. Monica's List. So for the month of September, we're gonna pray for all the names in this booklet. And the names are those people we want to convert to Catholicism, or Anybody who's left the Catholic Church, we're praying that they come back and be connected. So like these sheets, they're in the back, you can write the names in and I'll put them in the booklet. Um, Somebody wrote my name. Um, (laughs) But it's, you know, the prayer of Christ is that all of us be connected to God and each other. So here's your homework. Your homework is like, I was honest with you, one of the things I really try and practice is unplugging from my anxiety. So your homework is this. Name one thing uh, that you need to unplug from. Maybe you're overconcerned what people think about you. Maybe it's anxiety. What is the one thing that you need to silence the noise of the world about? Secondly, how about this? Pray that you have this deep prayer life, that your prayer life is not just memorized prayers, but really connects very deeply source of life itself, Christ. And then all of us will be led to a better life,